You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on people? Welcome to the post-game number crunch. As usual, I'm your host Jake Painting, creator of the Hows and Browse Timberwolves newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Kana Supers and SB Nation. If you're new to this show, Number Crunch is just a quick post-game show I'll be doing for the entirety of the season, picking out one number or one stat and using it to focus on a wider trend or a theme of the game. And tonight's theme Well, tonight's game was revenge. Sure, it may have come with the San Antonio Spurs missing Devin Vassell due to Victor Wembanyama reasons, but this Spurs team still plays really synergistic and they clearly have enough firepower to overcome a team who isn't on their game. And unlike two nights ago, the Wolves were on their game. The sample size is small, and Minnesota's showings have been largely subpar so far this season, but this was by far the best of the bunch. They were energetic, they really clicked with both the starting lineup and the second unit, which hasn't always been a thing this season, and they ended up running out pretty comfortable winners despite the usual third quarter shakes and some spotty defense. It ends 134 to 122. And all in all, it ends as a major positive. But nothing was more positive than the shooting numbers. And that's why this episode's number is... 20. As in 23 point makes on 33 attempts. That's nice. It'll be nice to see that every game, but we know that's not possible. But that is just a really, really sweet recipe for winning. and. It really does give us an excuse to talk about three-point variance and the importance of being able to knock knock down those three-point shots. It's even more poignant that because this game was one where the Timberwolves never really got a firm grip on the game defensively and obviously allowed 122 points, um, it's it's a good reason to show that with three-point shooting and with really good three-point shooting, you are you are capable of overcoming a pretty poor defensive performance. And with a team like Minnesota, where they are capable of stringing together just enough defensive coverage when the whips really start cracking, sometimes the game simply comes down to that three-point variance. And that's exactly how it's been this season so far. In both of their losses, the Wolves have been beaten in three-point percentage pretty comfortably. And aside from Game 1, where they won the game and the Thunder and the Wolves shot almost identical from deep, the Wolves have won their their other two games with a handy win in three-point percentage as well. And in today's NBA, that is just so important. Defense probably still wins championships. I mean, Boston and Golden State were 1-2 and in defensive rating last season, so that's a pretty good indicator that the Timberwolves will need to 
up their game defensively and with Rudy Gobert, you suspect that they might have an extra gear or two to go to defensively. But three-point shooting helps win regular season games a ton. And up until this one over the Spurs, the Wolves really haven't been able to find their range from deep. Edwards has been streaky at best. Cat has looked understandably leggy after his offseason. Jaden McDaniels hadn't even hit a three-point shot before this game, which had been a surprise because we all expected him to at least have a minor increase in three-point percentage, but he obviously, yeah, hadn't even made one shot. And D'Lo has been his usual kind of hit-and-miss self where he can have big nights or he can also have really meager nights. So that's kind of how this long-range shooting thing works. It's a streaky thing by nature, and it takes a big sample size to start to even you know, see the the real big picture as the season starts to wear on. It's not something you can base a team's future on or a team's projections on four or five games into the season. Uh, If you remember last season, the Wolves were in the same boat as they were early in this season. They could not hit a shot to save their lives. Torian Prince, who has been great this season from deep, could not hit a shot, ended up in and out of the rotation. Ant was streaky. D'Lo was streaky. Cat was streaky. Jaden McDaniels, very much the same as this season just could not hit anything and by the end of the season Minnesota finished 12th in three-point percentage and it was a huge reason why they were the league's second best offense after Christmas now get ready for the greatest roast of all time the roast of Tom Brady a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Who knows if that happens again? Obviously, we can't tell. But this game was a a stark reminder of how quickly a choppy offense can be reinvigorated when those shots start dropping. Obviously, Ant breaks out with seven triples from 12 attempts. McDaniels hits four or five. Towns and Noel both hit three or five. And all of a sudden, no matter what they serve up defensively, the Wolves' offense is a juggernaut, and it would have taken a special effort from any team to beat them. And when those shots are falling, the ball finds more of them. Once Ant started raining threes in that first quarter, I think he hit four in the first quarter, and then Jaden followed suit, the ball started hopping around the perimeter even more so. Everybody could feel that their slump was starting to lift, and that led to more ball movement. And when this team moves the ball, you don't just see a shadow of a team starting to find its rhythm and chemistry. You see the whole damn thing. and it was just fun. It's fun to see them going in and it's fun to see everybody playing a helper to get other guys better looks. And even with a non-shooter out there like Gobert, that Gobert also happens to be the best screen setter in the league 
and he played his part doing a ton of looks for guys either on ball, freeing them up for pull-up threes, or setting those flare screens and pin-downs off the ball to get good looks. And when the shots are falling, they're a reward for him too. It makes him set more screens and push a little harder to get to those screens. And for a team who I think will be geared more towards the offensive side of the ball this season, that encouragement for every player on the court and that little bit of spark that that they can shoot again, you know, and they can make threes and they can blow teams out of the water, even with just a great offensive performance, that might just do wonders for the foreseeable future, I think. Uh, One last point before I get out of here, and one that I think is really important, is that knocking down shots is such a massive, massive component of Chris Finch's coaching philosophy, and that's pretty obvious, right? Like, that sounds stupid, of course, but I mean more in an X's and O's way as well. For the majority, I'd say at least 80% of Finch's legitimate set plays, not not flowy plays or standard actions that they use to initiate offense, I mean the set plays where everybody's gearing up to create a specific shot the result for that specific shot is usually a three-point a three-point look. It's why Malik Beasley continued to get minutes last season when he was really struggling at the start of the season. It's why Finch has already turned to Bryn Forbes a few times before this game. He obviously didn't go to Forbes in this one, but he ran multiple flare screen or exit screen actions for Edwards, Noel, McDaniels, and Towns. And that quartet knocked down pretty much all of their shots coming out of those Finch actions. If Finch is allowed to venture deeper into his X's and O's bag without the fear that this team's three-point shooting is going to crater the looks and cause empty possessions, the Wolves become a much less predictable offense, which they have been, in my opinion, quite predictable this season and slow and stodgy and everything's looked very... Uh, practice court, like they've been training these actions, all these, you know, movements and and everything seems a bit robotic. If Finch is allowed to, to go deeper into his bag, as I said, and and start to pull out something a little bit more exotic uh, and trust that his team will knock down those three-point shots when he does pull out those actions, they do become much less predictable and Finch is allowed to work some of his famed offensive mastery without the caution that the shots just aren't going to go in. So, all around, hitting shots is good. Who would have thunk it, hey? Um, let's let's see if they can do it again on Friday night against the Lakers. We know about the Lakers this season. They've been on every social media and TV show available, and, and that's a trap game, if I've ever seen one. So, I'll be here to discuss it. I hope you will be too.